Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. A lot of the disputes come down to two things. Either people are surprised by what's in the will because it actually hasn't been spoken about before or the executor, um, for some reason in the uh, family dynamics, there's some kind of control issue. And so it's the dynamic of the family that already exists that then plays out all over again. Who's still upset because someone got something for Christmas when they were five and the other person didn't? And it plays out throughout our lifetimes between siblings particularly. Hi, this is Caroline Stephen and this is Talking Trading Podcast. I won't be going anywhere for a long time. I don't want to jinx my future. Oh, it's just too hard. These are some of the reasons people avoid estate planning when life is going well. But things change and your loved ones could end up carrying the can. Our guest today is accredited wills and estate specialist Jackie Broman, who focuses on prevention. So when the time comes, families are protected. Without an estate plan, you risk confusion, chaos and heartbreak for your loved ones. With a thorough estate plan, you dictate what happens to your assets and your information. Jackie's run TBA Law since 2012. She's written several books, has her own podcast, IQ Meets EQ, great name. I'll speak to Jackie later on the show. But first today, in Mind Power, Louise Bedford talks about another topic that people often avoid, which is shame. And how just like estate planning, shame is actually better out in the open and how it can be a bonding tool. Let's hear Louise Bedford and then we'll go to Jackie Broman. I think that most of us have either a natural inclination to dwell in the past or dwell in the future. Some of us are more future-focused than others and others get stuck in the past, perhaps reliving past shame, past guilt or past glory. Shame is one of those emotions that we don't talk about much. We tuck it under the bed, we decide that it's not the right conversation to have in polite society. But I think shame can be a great animating force. If we allow ourselves to feel it and to share it and to realize that we're not alone, that can be a very bonding tool. I think traders should talk about their losses. I don't think they should just stop saying, oh yes, I had trouble here because they feel shame. There's a German word and I'm going to give it my best shot. It's actually 
quite a multi-syllable word, perhaps 7,000 syllables. Here we go. It's Vaganites Alsabaisa. Let's hope I've done that justice to anybody with a German background. But it means working off the past. Now, if you think about the concept where after we feel shame, some of us go underground and we live in the past, that can be a debilitating force. We can take that shame and use it for the future. We can work off the past by doing good deeds today. And not only are we using shame in its most magnificent way, we're also making sure that our future self has the best chance of being able to put that shame in its proper place. Shame isn't meant to isolate us. Shame is meant to make us learn. So if you've made some awful business deal, some terrible property investment, some awful trade that you are ashamed about, perhaps this can help you put it into a different light. Maybe you can work off the past by looking at what happened realizing that there are lessons and taking them forward into your future so that you can live your best life and be the best trader that you can be. Hi, I'm Roman Bagamaza from Wyckoff Analytics and I listen to Caroline on Talking Trade. Jackie Broman is a lawyer who focuses on estate planning, and she is also the host of her own podcast called IQ Meets EQ. Jackie Broman, hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Hello, Caroline. How are you? Jackie, I love the name of your podcast. As soon as I saw it, I thought, oh my God, I'd love to interview Jackie. I know, a lawyer with EQ, who would have thought? (laughs) (laughs) Jackie, just to get started, just tell us very briefly a little bit about yourself. Mm. So I'm from country Victoria originally. So, um, you know, born and bred, just country girl um, and just very driven as well because, uh, you know, with low expectations from country girls in the 90s, I'm like, no, I'm going to prove you all wrong. And so I've just consistently gone out and done that, I think, (laughs) constantly going and getting more and more educated Um, and, and then realising that, I had to work for myself as well and so going into business and then um, having lots and lots of interests, I suppose, and activities on at any one time, as you say, um, podcast as well and mm. and books and mm. a business and all the other little bits that go along with it. And you look really gorgeous, so I'm guessing you can't live in your 30s. <laughs> I'm not quite 40 yet, yep. <laughs> Jackie, we are here today to talk about estate planning. Can you start by telling us what is estate planning and then why Mm. is it so important? Mm. Estate planning is more than just a will. So a lot of people do think wills, um, but estate planning takes in a bigger picture. Um, We look at superannuation. uh, We look at legacy. uh, We look at what happens if you lose capacity and you're still alive Uh, We also look at digital assets these days as well. 
Um, so fairly broad. And also if you've got young kids, uh, making sure that they're going to be looked after by the right people in the right way is also really important. So those are some of the aspects that we have at the forefront of our mind when we're doing estate planning and trying to make sure that your legacy also doesn't include some kind of dispute later on. I'm sure you've been embroiled in quite a few of those. When you talk about technological aspects, were you referring to crypto there? Look, it is included, but our digital estate is far more than that. Uh, so a lot of the companies we deal with online are not Australian companies. You know, we have our Facebook accounts. We have our Google accounts. We use a Google Drive. We use uh, Dropbox or some kind of cloud thing. We have so much IP and photos hovering around stored digitally, uh, let alone things like, well, now we're moving more to subscriptions with Netflix, but um, prior to subscriptions, we also bought digital rights on iTunes to music and um, books and all those sorts of things. So there's a lot of uh, things that we're buying that's just in a digital format as well. Estate planning 2021. Very much so. <laughs> Part of estate planning to me feels like being a responsible adult. Why do a lot of people not focus on it and fail to do it properly or even at all? Hmm. I think, well, there's a lot of aspects. I think there is uh, a bit of a head in the sand sometimes, um, particularly, you know, in our 20s and 30s, we do think that we're invincible. And sometimes it takes someone our own age dying before we even think that death is possible. So that's first. Then there's actually a whole lot of people who are really superstitious about focusing on it and then they think it will happen because they're focused on it um, rather than just getting it done. And then others think it's far too big a job and they can't make the decisions. But that's what someone like me does is guide you through the decision making. So you don't have to come to me with it all planned out. I ask you the questions and guide you through the process and we get to a point where you're like, oh, that was easy. <laughs> And have you seen messes where there's been really nasty family disputes? Yeah, lots, lots. And mm. I think that's why I prefer doing the front end estate planning and getting it right because I don't think that it's fair to do a half-assed job at the front end and expect to then make money out of the divorce. I think that potentially there are a lot of uh, law firms that have sort of worked on that model, unfortunately. So, no, I'm prevention more than cure. Wow, my God, I like you more and more. Okay, so in the very sticky situation that something goes really wrong once someone has died and I have been privy to a situation like this, it's awful and people go crazy around wills. What are the sort of things that can go wrong? Hmm. So not choosing the right executors, so the people who are actually in control of the process. Not what does that mean? Speaking... So how can you not choose mm. the right executors? Mm. So the people that you choose to look after the actual performance of the will and making sure it gets done has to be the right sort of people. So someone who you know is actually going to be able to take care of the administration and move things forward and also be able to communicate with all the people involved. Because I think a lot, of, um, a lot of the disputes come down to two things. Either people are surprised by what's in the will because it actually hasn't been spoken about before or the executor, um, for some reason in the uh, family dynamics, there's some kind of control issue. And so it's the dynamic of the family that already exists that then plays out all over again. Yes, 
Yes. Is that all? Is that does that sum it up in a nutshell? Those are the main things. I mean, you've got all the other little factors, like someone's been estranged for a long time or someone's got a greater financial need. Um, but it ultimately, it really does come back to find family dynamics and who's still upset because someone got something for Christmas when they were five and the other person didn't. And it plays out throughout our lifetimes between siblings particularly. Uh, I mean, some of the other problems are that parents think that their kids are always going to be friends and they force their kids to work together. But again, that's that's family dynamics. It's not really thinking through the bigger picture of the control issues and the personalities and the the little things that people are holding on to for lifetimes. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And they never go away. Look, so Jackie, I am looking to develop an estate plan and I want to come to you. What are the main sort of things that need to be considered? Mm. So what I would need initially is for you to have thought through the main people in your family tree and make sure you have their full names and contact details. And then I've also thought through what is in your estate. Um, So not only what you own, but how you own it. So what's owned jointly, what's potentially in a family trust or in superannuation. Um, And also, you know, for people sort of younger, looking at what sort of debt there is and making sure that there is going to be assets that will cover the debt too. So those things are really what to think about before coming to do an estate plan. And, you know, most people who've got a fairly good handle on their finances and maybe have a financial planner as well in the background or something already know all this stuff. So it's not much more to then come along and go, okay, I need to look at my estate planning. Here's all my staff. Where do I start? And then I guide you through getting the elements in the will that you need. So you don't actually have to have, um, you know, done a whole lot of homework first. And it takes two appointments over about a month um, and you're done. Wow, I'm sure you make it sound easy, but it's not really. Let's look at some terms here. Power of attorney, medical Mm. power of attorney, end of life directives. Mm. What are these terms? Mm. So a power of attorney, we usually think about what's called an enduring power of attorney. So it endures past someone losing capacity. So we appoint someone to manage our affairs if we're still alive but can't do things for ourselves anymore. So that is an enduring power of attorney. It usually covers financial and legal affairs and sometimes some personal decisions as well. Uh, For your medical decisions, um, various states in Australia call it a different thing. In some states, it's called guardianship. In Victoria, they've changed the name again and it's now a medical treatment decision maker. But basically, um, if you are alive, but in a state where a doctor can't get instructions from you about what treatment you want or need, there's someone that can make those decisions as well. So that's those first ones. Um, Then a directive. So the directive sort of underlies the medical power of attorney um, because you appoint someone to make your medical decisions, but do they actually know what your wishes are? Mm -hmm. And so the directive really gives some details, usually in a specific situation. Usually it's more of an end-of-life document um, that, you know, if if everyone has tried everything but I'm still terminal, this is how I want to be treated. Um, so if I can't make my decisions anymore, please follow this directive. 
And if someone is sliding down cognitively, how is that determined? And at what stage are they not able to control their own will and power of attorney? Huge question. And that, I think, has a lot of legal arguments that arise out of it as well. Um, but most of the time, it's put down to the doctors to decide, uh, particularly for medical decisions. They tend to gauge whether they can get a, a direction or not as to medical treatment. But for the financial and legal affairs, you know, cognitive decline is really tricky. And at what point do you lose capacity to do some things but not others? And so it really has to be the person you appoint as the power of attorney to work fairly closely with any medical people that are involved to have those discussions. And perhaps they step into more of a support role initially because, you know, mum or dad can still be making a lot of those day-to-day uh, -day decisions themselves, but maybe big picture decisions like should I sell the house maybe shouldn't be something that they do on their own. So, um, you know, that works well if the family works well together, but obviously there's lots of circumstances where it doesn't. that's all for today's episode. Stay tuned for next week as Jackie Broman talks about prenuptial agreements, de facto relationships and blended families. I'm Caroline Stephen. Take care. As always, if you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcast and make sure you give us a big fat five-star review. You'll also notice that Talking Trading doesn't use sponsors and barely advertisers. This is because Chris Tate and Louise Bedford fund this show from tradinggame.com.au. If you'd like to get Louise's five-part free e-course, register at tradinggame.com.au. So until next week, happy trading. The views represented on Talking Trading are generally nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regards to your own situation.